Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. True Hauntings is a Human Labs original podcast. The historic Sloss Furnaces is an 18-acre urban oasis that has become quite the tourist attraction. Every year, the rusted collection of blast stoves and smokestacks welcomes visitors from all over the world who wish to explore this magical maze of pipes that was once a booming business in the heart of Birmingham, Alabama. Despite its innocent appearance... There's more to this site than meets the eye. During the day, people tore this immense blast furnace that used to produce over a thousand tonnes of pig iron every day. Tourists get an up-close view of the massive equipment where hundreds of workers used to labour in the sweltering heat. But this place has a dark side, as you would expect from a site that employed thousands of men who worked in stressed and inhumane conditions for 16 hours at a time. The Sloss Furnaces are haunted by workers who lost their lives doing their job. Who are they? How did they die? Let's return to the furnaces and look at the failures to protect people in the name of making profits that make this one of the hundred most haunted sites in America today. Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. And welcome back to the studio, Anne. How are you? Hey, I'm pretty good. We actually had a little bit of struggle to get that opening uh, little topic done there, didn't we? Yeah, it took us about 10 minutes of hysterical laughter and uh, look... Why? I think we're just tired. Why why did you have trouble, Renata? Because there's a... There's difficulty with a word here. It's the Beth. word. It's the word sloss. Oh, no, you and did it right. You've got it. Yeah, I know. But my brain says I should be saying schloss or sloth or or, or slosh. Yeah. Um, it's looking for the H that's not there. Yeah. Yeah, like the banth. Yeah. Banth. 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 And as, as soon as I suggested this topic, and Renata repeated the sloss furnace back to me, and she couldn't say, it, I went, "Yeah, we've got to do this." <laughs> Because that's the sort of cow I am. Oh, and then I had a meltdown because I thought, I'm going to have to say this word and my brain isn't computing it. Oh, and I'm, I don't want to because it's being disrespectful. But, yeah, it was difficult. Yeah. But we do have some very sad, sad news to announce. Yeah, yeah we do. We've we do. come to the end of the road and this will be the last True Hauntings podcast. We've decided to wrap it up. It's all been um, a wonderful journey and we thank you all for the the beautiful comments and everything that you made. Um, and, you know, guys, it's it's a lot of hard work every week trying to crack these out and we're just finding out that we're a bit burnt out, aren't we, Renata? Yeah, yeah. Look, it's it's tough to be this funny yeah. all the time. It is. And, you know, the research that we need to put into every single 
thing that we're doing here and look frankly it's producing no money so yeah, i yeah. mean well we get, we get a couple of shekels yeah, a couple of shekels here and there it's not enough yeah it's and enough. look we'd just like to remind you all that this episode is is being released on the first of april happy april <laughs> fool's day <laughs> you're not getting rid of us that easy no absolutely <laughs> this not. is not the last true hauntings podcast but i hope we gotcha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we are going to torment you for a long time into yes. your future. And don't forget, we now have a second podcast that is available to you called Spooky Sundays, mm-hmm. which is our radio show. That too is, uh, I know it's available on Spotify. I think it's on iTunes yes, and a few is. other places as yep. well. So check those out. That is put out by Newcastle Live Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, it is separate to our Frightfully Good Productions, but it's still us doing our thing. That's right. And just be aware that we are a little bit naughty on that program because it um, is after hours. It is after hours. So we kind of let loose a little bit Which more. is a bit scary considering how naughty we are on this one. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now, as you said, this one is being released on April Fool's Day, yep. but it also means that it is literally just hours yeah. from when we board the aeroplane. Yes, now Saturday night we're going to go and do our investigation at the Prince Henry Hospital that we run uh, a couple of times a year for Randwick Council and it is it is the highlight of our year. We love it. We love going and seeing Frida and all the, the beautiful ex-nurses. Souls. Yeah, and, and they are ghosties. just so gorgeous and they try so hard to keep the memory of that site mm-hmm. uh, and the work that the nurses have done there over the years mm-hmm. still alive. So And they do it really well. Yeah, so we're going to be down in Sydney uh, for the Saturday night, then we turn around and drive home. We'll probably get home around about, I don't know, midnight, 1am, something like that. And then we we go and grab our bags and we head back down the freeway. Very, very excited. To our pre-flight accommodation. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we'll be flying out very early Monday morning to London. That's if... uh, Putin hasn't blown everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have suggested a GoFundMe account to deal with that, but you know, we'll see what happens. I'd, I'd throw some money in that. Uh, I think most of the world would. Yeah, mm. but I think right now, is there any other news? Uh, nothing as exciting as a trip to England. Yeah. Yeah, everything else pales into insignificance. Yeah. Um, We're going to be visiting so many of the places that we have uh, uh, done our podcasts on. Yes. That's what's exciting me. Yeah. And so we're going to review them as we're there. So please jump over onto our YouTube page, Anne and Renata Ghost Hunters, and uh, you'll be able to catch our lives or go to those posts when you feel that you have time to sit back and listen and enjoy. But we're going to be going to all of the sites that we've been mentioning over our – a lot of the sites that we've been mentioning over our podcasts in the last 60-odd episodes and even give you more information and, look, take you for a – a ride with us. Okay, this is all about you guys as well. We want to take you there. And we know that for some of you, you might never get to be there, but you will be seeing it through our eyes. And let's just say our eyes look at things a little bit differently than everybody else. Yeah, I've got to clean my glasses sometimes. Um, I also want to give a shout out to some of the, the people who have been sending us some reviews on iTunes oh, and, yes. and everywhere. Luke, thank you so much for this one. Just finished listening to the most recent episode K60 the Smithwick bars have to say this episode needs a warning for those driving when Renata mixed up fat busters and fat bastards I was laughing crying so hard I had to pull the van over so I didn't crash honestly this podcast is the best out there keep up the amazing work can't wait uh, for you to come to our neck of the woods oh Luke we love you thank Thank you you so much so so much it brings us so much joy um when we we find out how much you guys are enjoying what we do. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, And I have another one here. Um, This is from Naples, New York, uh, and I've I've covered up who it was from, I think. So I think it was Amy. Uh, I couldn't – I just couldn't stop laughing – I hate chitty chat on podcast, except you two. I feel like I'm sitting down with a cup, a, a cup of coffee, and two good friends. I agree with the poster. Wish 
all podcasts had the same setup as yours with love from Naples, New York, USA. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. And we'll start to read out some of those reviews. And we have actually said that we are going to give away a little bit of a prize for anyone who leaves a review. Mm -hmm. Um, And this will have to go on to either our Facebook page or uh, the iTunes, because I think that's where you can leave a written review. Yes. Uh, as soon as Spotify allows you to leave a written review, we'll include that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have a little gifty packy mm-hmm. um, to say, uh, just randomly drawn for somebody who leaves us a review during April. Mm-hmm. So obviously yep. beginning of May, we will choose a random person who's left, a f- left, left us a review. Um, and look, we're not asking you to fake leaving reviews. We only ask you to leave a review if you really enjoy enjoying it if you're not enjoying it please don't leave a review (laughs) (laughs) oh we've had a bad review we We did did. someone say oh you girls don't know what you're talking about you're just rehashing the same old stories over and over they couldn't stand us couldn't stand listening to us talk yeah that's okay they're not our people no we've got loads of people out there absolutely the world is full of people and some of them are ours Right, let's get on to your slosh. Sloss. Sloss. Let's get to the sloss furnaces. Because this is an awesome, awesome story. It is, it is. I actually enjoyed it once I got into it. Right. It's all about you, Anne. Oh, I keep forgetting that. (laughs) The members of Ghoul heard something very unnerving during the May investigation. Bob remembered it well. There were three investigators walking through the boiler room and they heard a woman say something, but they couldn't quite make out what it was. They were doing EVP work at the time, but they didn't record anything. All three investigators insisted that they had heard the same disembodied female voice at the same time. One of Bob's lead investigators was recording EVPs outside of the boiler room in the vicinity of the smokestacks when he and the other members of his team began hearing footsteps coming towards them. After the footsteps stopped, the members asked the entity, What is your name? Suddenly, they heard footsteps again. This time, they came even closer to the team before stopping. However... The sound did not appear on the recorder. Several of the investigators from another team working inside the boiler room had just detected the scent of burned oil when they began hearing the machinery start up. Once again, though, the group did not record the sound. That's one thing we have noticed at Sloss Furnace, as Bob said. Sounds that we hear with our ears but do not show up on the recorder. Bob's wife had the most startling personal experience in the May investigation. Bob and another investigator were up on the catwalk in the boiler room while his wife was sitting down. Suddenly, she shouted up to the men that she was beginning to feel cold. At that moment, Bob took her photograph. When they examined the photograph, they were amazed to see the image of a dog. It was standing on its hind legs, looking at my wife. You can clearly see its tail too, he said. She didn't feel the dog, though, just the cold. Ghoul returned to Sloss Furnaces in July 2008. Bob said that he and his members stayed in the old plant from 6pm till 3am, One of our teams was in the boiler room taking pictures, Bob said. When we reviewed the pictures later on, we caught the image of a man on fire in two photographs. One picture shows a profile view of the man, and in the other, he is staring directly at the camera. A team that was working around one of the towers took another photograph of a black figure working at a panel. While the group was doing EVP work down in the waterway, One of the members of the group aimed his camera over Bob's shoulder and took a photograph of the head and shoulders of a man hovering over the water. The group also captured a large number of orbs on film. Because of the high concentration of dust in many of the rooms, the photographs could not be submitted as evidence of the paranormal. Ghoul's third investigation of Sloss Furnaces was conducted on January 8, 2009, from noon until about 4pm. We had two groups from Georgia investigating with us, Bob said. 
We got video of some shadows moving around the basement of the boiler room. It was strange because there was nobody else around. We were looking down the room in the back of the basement and in the background, you can see the pipes and a shadow walking by. There was nobody down there. One member who was walking through the boiler room began feeling dizzy. She also sensed the presence of another person. At this point, the investigator realised that she had to leave the boiler room as quickly as possible. Four other members who were in the tunnel had an experience very similar to that of the investigator in the boiler room. They got the feeling that they were being surrounded and watched. And then, all of a sudden, all four of them started getting headaches and feeling dizzy. So all four of them got out of the tunnel. When they got out, they started feeling better. They said that something was definitely going down there with them. What a great story, eh? Yeah, now that actually comes from a book called Haunted Birmingham by Alan Brown. And it's full of stories uh, about Birmingham, which I mean, you think is UK, but it's not. It's USA. It's mm-hmm. Alabama. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole book of stories from that particular area. So um, get out there and, and check that book out. I'll try and find a link for that and put it down into uh, the comments as well so you people can uh, look it up. But uh, great story. Good uh Good recollection by, um, what was the team's name? Ghoul? Isn't cool. that great? Isn't that good? Oh, I like it when people come up with really good acronyms for their names. Fabulous. Now, Renata, tell me all about the history of Sloss Furnace. Yes, so this all goes back to Birmingham and the story of the city. I guess. And so Birmingham was founded in 1871 and it was actually made up of three small farms in the area um, that intersected around two major railroad lines. Now, most of the settlers that came to this particular area were English, Irish and Italian. And uh, they also employed a lot of African-American settlers who did the scammiest of work yeah, that was there. They gave them the shittiest yeah, jobs. The shittiest, dirtiest, most disgusting jobs that were available. That's what they got um, with a lot less pay. Lovely. Now, the city was dubbed Magic City because of all the people coming in to start work. And it seemed to just grow overnight. So it's like the old gold rush days where you kind of go, there's nothing. All of a sudden, there's an opportunity for something to be found and everyone comes in, especially because it was so close to the railroads. It was easy for them to come in and start work. Yep. Bingo. So it was the only place in the United States, now this is the most important thing, where the elements required to make steel were all found close in close proximity and that's what made it easy for this place to actually blossom and to be able to employ so many people. So the things that they found were uh, iron ore, limestone and coal. Now, they were all of the ingredients that were required to make this pig iron that they were making. So during the Industrial Revolution, Birmingham became a steel city. And gee, we know what that is. Oh, we do. Having lived in uh, Newcastle, yeah. which was really Australia's steel city. Yeah, then they actually do call it Newcastle Steel City. Yeah. And um, because the area here didn't have organised unions, it was a cheaper place. Well, we don't mean place. here in Newcastle, we mean no, no. in, in yep. Birmingham. Birmingham. Um, it was a cheaper place for steel to be made. Mm-hmm. Yep, so Birmingham grew overnight. Now, from the beginning, the Sloss Furnaces were one of the largest manufacturers of steel in the world, and the railroad brought iron ore from Red Mountain, limestone and coal to the factory, and as I said, what they created there was called pig iron, and pig iron is kind of a a sort of a substitute, a a lesser grade Mm -hmm. of iron, 
um, still used for many, many things. So the term pig iron comes from early processing techniques and workers would pour hot ore from the blast furnaces into long trays that they called runners. And the ore ran from a main branch to smaller little side branches. And at some point, someone said the offshoots looked like little piglets with a sow. And that's why they called it pig iron. Oh, well, it was an interesting way it got its name. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was something so you to got, do with the fact it might have been dirty or not pure or something like yeah. that because pigs rolled in the mud. But yeah. apparently pigs are actually really clean creatures. They are, given given an opportunity to be. And oh, so tasty. Stop. <laughs> oh, I like a good bit of crackle. A good bit of bacon. I can't do the roast piglet Just on stop the Stop it. Just stop. stop. <laughs> She's got a thing, ladies stop. and gentlemen, where she will not eat baby animals. <laughs> oh, I, I think they're quite tasty. Oh, stop it. <laughs> The oh. <laughs> glasses have now fogged up. Oh. It's okay. Rub your third right. eye. Okay. In my um, case, my fifth eye because oh. I've got glasses. So from 1882 to 1920, I'm just going to move on. Pretend you didn't say any yep. of that. Sloss furnaces, they just kept growing and expanding. And the blast furnaces um, couldn't keep up with the demand created by the Industrial Revolution. So still manufacturing was really important because all of the cities were growing and they needed steel to build the huge skyscrapers yeah, that were going the, up. the buildings were getting taller and taller and yep. the people were breeding and, yep. And as we said, of course, the hardest and most dangerous work was done by the African-Americans. Yeah. But, you know, I'm thinking here in Newcastle as well when we were talking about the BHB steel mill and things like that. I know Roman's father um, immigrated from Poland yeah. and... All they, the migrants all came All the in. migrants got all the, the crappy jobs and yep. he actually worked in that particular area. Yep, and they would work their doublers, their, yep. their back-to-back shifts. You yep. can't even imagine what that would have been like and in like that noise. Molten, and like the molten yep. iron and stuff would be pouring right in front of them yep. and yep. Um, they'd, they'd have thick leather um, aprons gloves, on yep. and gloves and, and they'd be getting splattered. with. And like you can think of doing that today. Yeah. Oh, it wouldn't be happening. Yeah. So um, the workers, especially from the 1880s to the 1930s, were mostly new immigrants. They were coming out there um, to look for a better life and to try and make some money. Often it was impossible in the big cities to make enough money just to survive. So they were all looking at whatever opportunities were coming up to them. So they would push to work long hours without breaks in very, very dangerous circumstances. And many people died over the years because of the burns, as you mentioned, yeah. hot, flaming iron, melted melted iron. And I wouldn't have doctors on hand to deal with this sort of stuff. And they'd be back at the stage of go and rub a bit of butter on your burn. <laughs> oh, my God. And we do forget also that the furnaces produced um, poisonous gases. Mm-hmm. So being overcome by that um, and falling in, to some of those furnaces at yeah. times or falling downstairs or just about dropping that as dead. Well. Yeah. yeah. So then we get World War Two. Wow. Yeah, I the mean, demand is going to go up. The demand would have been incredible for iron and steel. And so by 1941, about half of all of the people living in Birmingham were working in steel and mining. Wow, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Now, segregation played a big role here still, and uh, I remember going online and having a look at some of the photographs associated with the Sloss Furnaces, and uh, they had buses that would have a section for white and coloured people. And, of course, as we mentioned, most of the people um, who had the the worst jobs were the Mm African-Americans. They lived on site as well in these little huts that were created. Although I think the the company called them housing, but yeah, I don't they, think it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, they – they and the houses were really, um, from what I gather, only like living accommodation. So you had a separate bathhouse. A bit like where, a caravan park yeah, where you, yeah. you, you've got your little uh, cabin yeah. and then you all go share the uh, – the facilities in the showers and uh-huh. um, <clears throat> you've got to wear your thongs in there so you don't get uh, gangrenous toes from the now, other people who may pee in the showers. Now, now, let's just explain thongs. 
Oh, yes. Our American <laughs> listeners, um, you think of thongs as those things that go up your clacker, um, which we'll talk about clacker what's, shortly. What's a clacker? Uh, up your, your butthole. Um, I look at those things and people put them on and those bits of string just disappear into nothingness. They, they do. And then later on I you've just, got to fish them out. I, I just don't understand where that... No. Yeah, no. No. Why Why, why would why? you? People would say they're comfortable. I think they want like this, no. There's, no, there's no material <laughs> there. Your minds will just go free-flowing, I reckon. Let the hair it's flow just... free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got to... <laughs> if you had an issue down there, I mean, maybe it'd get stuck. You'd have to pull it out, right? <laughs> Right. Um, I'm not sort of issue you're talking about. Well, if you weren't like trimmed. Oh, okay. You know. And, like and our manscaping then that we did. <laughs> it was a little bit curly down there. <laughs> <laughs> God, I could get stuck. If you're driving, pull over. <laughs> Just saying this is your warning. <laughs> you're in a pair of to cut it out. I don't know. What possesses women to even think they should be All I can say is you must be a lot hairier than me. Oh, my God. It would only be if it's up the butt crack because if you've got a hairy butt crack, then you're in trouble. No, I'm not talking about the back. I'm I talking know. about the front. But you've got a bit of material at the front, the string up the back. Oh, there's not a lot. Oh, okay. It's not a lot. I must say, I've never worn one, so I don't know. Oh, dear. <laughs> I don't think they make them in our size. (laughs) (laughs) Do they have plus size thongs anyway? (laughs) This was all. This all came from the fact I was trying to explain to you what a thong is. Um, In in the in the USA, you call them flip flops. In Australia, we call them thongs. (laughs) Yes, and we don't wear g strings on our feet in Australia. (laughs) No, no. All right, get back on track. Oh, boy, sorry about that segue. So the company had uh, – oh, this is what I was going to mention before I rudely interrupted myself. <laughs> yeah, it was you this time. Um, with the stuff that I was reading about this, it was really interesting, and I mentioned this to you, that there were two versions. There was a nice version mm-hmm. where everyone was having a good time and, you know, the everyone company – Everyone was cared for. Everyone was cared oh, for. The company gave them company picnics and yeah. lunch areas. Yeah. And there was, you know, there was a play a playground for the children. Oh, and they were all looked after and everything was fine. Happy days. Happy days. And, and please be happy that you've got a job. And then you had the other side <laughs> where – The reality. Yeah. <laughs> where um, they were pushed into long, long working hours. They were pushed into working harder and harder and giving more of themselves. Um, and these the, the hours were dreadful. Yeah. It was like something like 16 hours or, oh, or something I weird per shift. Yeah, we whinge about our eight. Um, and yeah. we, we have to remember that in these conditions, like the heat would be distressing. Yeah. Do you talk about how they were paid? No, I don't. Or, yeah, so I remember that. Yes, yes. yes. Do you so want to this, say that? this is where um, we were watching some documentaries on it the other day, um, and apparently the company that provided the accommodation and everything that they needed there um, used to pay, pay them not in money, but they paid them in something called a clacker. Yes, and then you could exchange your clackers for food uh, and lodging. So they weren't giving you the housing for free. You had to pay your rent with your clackers and then um, they had the store there with everything you would need for food, um, which once again, you it was owned by the company. Mm-hmm. So they were, they were hanging that, handing out the clackers yep. and then you had to give your clackers back yep. to, to, to live and eat. Yep. So you actually, they kind of said that once you came into this hierarchy – you never left. No. And can I just explain that in Australia, a clacker, up your clacker means up your backside. <laughs> so That makes sense, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, they're really being rooted either way they go. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm just going to read this little bit here. Uh, the company operated as a hierarchy. At the top, there, were, there was an all-white group of managers, chemists, accountants and engineers. And I've seen photos of this. Like, the, the, all the managers, they're white. Absolutely. And at the bottom... It was all black labour, uh, and until its demise in 1928, by the uh, it was they also had convict labour. Oh, so they would bring them in 
to work. Right. Uh, so SLOSS utilised the convict leasing system only in its coal mines and uh, convict labour, mostly black, was an important weapon in the district's economic warfare with northern manufacturing. Slavery had not died but merely been transformed. Right, yes. It's got sneaky about it. Horrible. So in the middle, a racially mixed group performed a variety of skilled and semi-skilled jobs, and even in the middle group, uh, the white Workers had the higher paying jobs, they had higher statuses, they had titles in their positions, they may have been stove tenders, boilermakers, carpenters and machinists. And the coloured workers, the black workers, were restricted to helping roles. So they would be a carpenter's helper or a machinist's helper or a stove tender helper. Probably was stupid back then. Oh my God. Uh... And uh, look, I'm going to leave some of the stories about some of these people that were working there to you because that's but there very, was a very, very important. There's a very famous one who was particularly cruel. Yeah, he's, he came in in 1906, James Wormwood, mm-hmm. known as Slag. Uh, and yeah, interesting story about him. Now, the Sloss Furnace halted its operations and closed in 1971 because of the new regulations that came through in 1970, um, which included the US Clean Air Act. And that forced da- forced the closure of many of the older and less efficient smelting factories yeah. all around the area um, that were doing this all over America. And uh, this made it harder and harder for America to make um, quality and cheap steel because the Japanese um, plants that were making it were exporting steel and iron to America um, at substantially lower costs, mm. as is happening with us right yeah. now. Yep. We yep. ship our steel to another country who transforms it into something else and then sends it back to us to buy. Yep. Like... Oh, doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, so as such, older factories such as the Sloss Furnace were no longer profitable after 90 years of operation. The Which blast, is not a long time, really. No, the blast furnace at Sloss Factory was silenced indefinitely in 1971. 1971. Yeah. <sighs> It's it's there. It's rusting. It's um, in pieces. You can go and investigate it. Mm-hmm. They have a museum. Mm-hmm. They tell the stories. One of the things that I did see is that they are um, transforming some of the uh, spaces into um, areas where artists can come uh, and work and uh, writers can come and utilise the spot. So they're, they're trying to do something with it. Yeah. Um, they have uh, a different different groups that come in and try and um, bring some money into the site. Because other than that, the thing that will happen is eventually they'll close it all off and bulldoze it and put apartments up. Yeah. That's you, what will happen. Do you have um, the story of slag there? Because I, I didn't tell the story of Slag because I was hoping you would cover the story of um, Wormwood. Um, all I have is that um, James Slag Wormwood uh, worked in uh, around the early 1900s and he was a foreman for the night shift, the yeah, graveyard yeah. shift. Yeah, And that was a period between sunset and sunrise. And he worked with a skeleton cl- Crew. Yeah, because so, they had to keep the furnaces going. Yep. They couldn't let the, the furnace stop. Yep, so there were about 150 workers at any time under his command. And, yep, they had to keep these furnaces fed. The furnaces could not die down at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's it said that during the stifling summer months, the temperatures throughout the plant would reach more than 120 degrees. Oh. Yeah. So there was a lack of sleep, the heat, the low visibility, um, and I'd say, you know, the the um, the the lack of um, hydration, yeah. so the dehydration and everything uh, was a living hell. They said, and it was only the poorest of workers 
and the desperate for employment, who would actually do it? And work that night yep. shift with, with this particular character. Yep. Apparently he was really cruel. Yep. And um, even if people were collapsing, he'd be beating them till they, they get back up and keep working. Um, he wanted to prove to his bosses that he could get a better output than anybody else. Yep. So during his time, um, 47 workers lost their lives, 10 times more than on any other yeah. shift. Yeah. Countless lost their ability to work because of accidents, mishaps, and even a recorded explosion in a small blowing engine room in 1888 that 1888, sorry, that left six workers burnt blind. Yes, isn't that horrifying? Wow. Because now they can't work and I'm sure there was no pension for them. Mm. So do you want me to tell people tell them how, how we he died? died? Yes, yeah. please. So in October 1906, James Slag Wormwood lost, allegedly, his footing at the top of the highest blast furnace known as Big Alice and plummeted into a pool of melted iron ore and his body melted instantly. So it was reported that slag must have become dizzy from the methane gas, and we talked about that earlier, Mm -hmm. uh, created by the furnace and he lost his balance. But slag had never set foot on top of the furnace during all of his years of employment. Didn't normally go up there. Oh, Mm. all of a sudden he goes, oops, I fell in the furnace. Yeah, so many thought that the workers had finally had enough of Wormwood slave driving and fed him into the furnace. But of course... No worker would have said that. No, no one was Just ever like brought I'm to trial. Just like I'm not setting up a GoFundMe account. No, <laughs> no, no. So Sloss Industries actually discontinued the graveyard shift after that because of the numerous accidents and strange events that decreased the steel production. Yeah, I suppose it slowed things down. Yeah. Does that mean it's my turn? It's your turn. Ghosty time. I want to hear all of the stories because there are some awesome ones. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There he is. All right, so we're going to kick it off with a little bit of the story about Slag. Um, That's his nickname, uh, Wormwood. Uh, And after he disappeared, apparently the... The unnatural or supernatural things started to really kick off, mm-hmm. and they think that he might have been the the catalyst for all of the the things that were starting to go on there. Workers complained of an unnatural presence that they increasingly encountered throughout the work site. Mm-hmm. Um, was it guilt? Do you think they were feeling mm. guilty about chucking him in? Um, now, this is there's a whole heap of these different sightings, which I'm I'm going to list off for you. Uh, in 1926, a night watchman sustained injuries after being pushed from behind and told angrily by a deep voice to get back to work. So that's 20 years after his death. Yeah, that's that's. It's a long time. The man, upon searching the grounds, could find no sign of any other living person. So he still didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then in 1947, three supervisors all of a sudden went missing. Mm -hmm. They were found unconscious and locked in a small boiler room in the southeastern part of the plant. None of the three could explain exactly what happened to them, but all agreed they were approached by a man whose skin appeared badly burned and who angrily shouted at them to... Push some steel. Oh. 
That Ooh. is just horrifying. Oh, and burn victims. Oh, oh, my heart goes out to them. I remember stepping in a um, – we went down to the beach with my grandparents and I was just running along the beach and all of a sudden I felt this agonising pain on my foot and I've fallen forward and then all of a sudden I had the pain on my feet and my hands and I didn't know what was going on. It was just agonising and then I've sort of rolled over to the side and realised that somebody had had a bonfire oh. and covered it in sand mm-hmm. – not very deeply that that and so what it did it became an oven mm-hmm. so me as a child running along has stepped on the fire and then fallen forward and put my hands in i ended up with third degree burns on my hands it was horrendous i can't imagine what it would be like mm. to be covered in it mm. sorry i digress we all love Anne's personal stories i didn't fart that time <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so now there is a, um, in 1971, and this was the, the night before the plant was supposed to close, uh, Samuel Blumenthal uh, was this lost night watchman, and he was just nostalgically having a wander around and, and looking at the, the, the furnace as it was shutting down and cooling down, and he had a personal experience when he found himself face-to-face with the most frightening thing he had ever seen. He'd simply described it as an evil half-man, half-demon who tried to push him up the stairs. When Blumenthal refused, the monster began to beat upon him with his fists. Oh, but that could be describing a Burns victim. It does sound like that, but upon examination, they had the doctor have a look at him, Dr. Jack Barlow. Blumenthal was found to be covered with intense burns. Oh, my He died God. before ever returning back to Sloss. Wow. Mm. Now, even the police have been um, called out to this location many times. Over 100 reports. Mm-hmm. And I did see an interview where there was a policeman who um, was going... I have been called out to Sloss Furnace hundreds of times. I don't know what's going on, but it's definitely haunted. haunted. <laughs> and I'm not reading this from no. a piece of cardboard on the other <laughs> side of the camera. Uh, they've had reports of minor incidents such as steam whistles apparently being blown to major sightings and rare physical attacks. Interesting to notice that a lot of these reports happen between the months of, can you guess when the, the most activity happens, Renata? Halloween? <gasps> Fancy that. <laughs> really? September to October. Oh. Fancy that Halloween is when the uh, um, this all, the activity sort of picks up and um, it happens mostly during the graveyard shift. Uh, I wonder whether that was a, a period of, of intense work, though, for them. I mean, would, Could have been. would September, October have been some sort of a special time when they had to get more work done? I don't know. don't know. But there's also um, lots of reports from... Um, paranormal teams that have been through ghost hunters mm-hmm. and uh this this all comes oh. from uh the website uh oh, what was it called you're not a good ghost hunter if you can't find a ghost oh, that's right, right you suck <laughs> and if you if you don't find um slag himself then you just you're hopeless um <laughs> this this came from frightfurnace.com um which i'll get to an explanation of what that's all about shortly but we're now going to talk about the 1988 study conducted by center for paranormal events cpe st petersburg florida on sauce furnaces um now they actually found nothing happened while they were there <laughs> oh geez they're shit aren't they yeah always shit <laughs> <laughs> Although many of the team members, including two psychics, claimed that it, that um, they felt like there was a violent disregard for and loss of life at the site, mm. which yeah. would historically be true. Yes. Uh, and uh, the Sloss Furnaces should be considered a location rife with restless souls. Mm. But they had no evidence of any right. of that. But that's, that's what they picked up on. Mm-hmm. Good on them, guys. I mean, personal experiences are... Valid. They are valid. They are valid. Just makes it hard to make it the scientific sort of deduction from it. Mm-hmm. Um, then we're going to skip to uh, the Sloss History Panel, the year 2000. Um, 
I thought some of the wording in this is very weird. Paranormal team of Fox's scariest places who concluded that it was one of the highest, um, I think they've got a typo there, highest places of unnatural energy they had encountered. What does that even mean? Unnatural mm. energy. Mm. I, oh, I don't know. Anyway. 2002, a sceptical investigative team. Oh, thank heavens for the sceptics. I do like the sceptics. Um, investigated the site and they were left frazzled and convinced that loss was haunted, capturing amazing footage that can be seen on their site. Mm. And I'd just like to point out to them that there is spelled T-H-I-E-R, uh, not T-H-I-E-R. They had a bit of a typo there. Me being the old school teacher I am, just wanted to put a red pen with an uh, SP on it. Um have we checked that out? We haven't sh- we haven't seen that, have we? No, we need mm. to have a look. Have to have a look. Uh, in 2003, the Alabama Foundation for Paranormal Research um, said that there's no doubt that it's a hotspot for paranormal activity. Now, this is oh, this is what I get annoyed with paranormal teams. I really do. They said we pulled data that confirms through our scientific methods and approach that energies are present that can't cannot be explained. Mm-hmm. Or pictures? No, but <laughs> possibly. <laughs> oh, it's an orb. Look, at least in my soundscape that I did, they did say that the the orbs was dust there. There yep. was hope for them because I was yep. waiting for you to crack up. Um, so when they're talking about their scientific methods and approach, mm-hmm. that's normally just um, they're trying to say we're professional, we're scientific, you know. Mm-hmm. They've got no real idea how to run a scientific investigation. Now, I don't know these people. I haven't seen their investigation. They could be scientific. But as we all know, you cannot lock down and um, guarantee the conditions of a site mm-hmm. um, for a true scientific investigation mm-hmm. because yep. you cannot control the anomalies. Yep. Sorry, I'll get off my high horse now. (laughs) Look, maybe they just looked into their data a little bit more um, scrupulously than others. And uh, let's let's just give them the but, benefit I mean, there, of there the doubt. There are things like the Eddy Plus where you can actually mark uh, what the, your electromagnetic fields were doing, what your temperature was doing. When yeah. you have, um, when you see something, you press um, the mark mm-hmm. button and you say, "I've just seen something. I've just felt something." Mark that. Mm-hmm. Then you download information from the SD card that's in it, and you can look to see what happened at that moment in time. Was there an environmental change? Yep. And that's what I love. Yep. That sort of thing is like, ooh, yep. I'll get a little bit of a vibration out of that. <laughs> that's oh. an unnatural energy, yeah? It is an unnatural <laughs> energy. All right, we go. Oh, there's more. Wait yep. for it. Okay, 2003, Josh Thomas, um, who had worked at Sloss for many years. Now, this is one of the – there is an attraction there, which I will tell you about shortly – suddenly caught fire after seeing a strange shape. Oh. He just went, boom, lit up. Wow. He suffered burns up and down his body and was taken to the hospital. He still cannot recall what happened. That's scary. Yeah, anything that's sort of like a self-combustion thing is like, whoa. And strangely enough, it happened on the 32nd anniversary of Sam Blumenthal's burn attack. Oh. Wow. Uh, then we have the 2005 two psychic investigators from the TV show Airline. Okay, haven't heard of oh, that I one. I have not heard of that one either. Uh, they investigated Sloss Furnaces mm-hmm. and they apparently had a spontaneous bleed from a cut that appeared in their right hand. Okay. So just it was like Jesus. That was those marks, the stigmata. No. Um we all know that you knock yourself and then you go, oh, what the hell's that? Mm. You just find blood somewhere. Mm. And particularly in a site like this. Oh, yes. It's, it's old, it's rusty, there's bits of metal sticking out everywhere. Yep. I'd yep. say that they've just hurt themselves and didn't know it. But, of course, it's, it becomes paranormal when you're on a haunted site. Um, uh, and they also caught images of spirits on their cameras. Unexplained mystery. Hmm. Okay, the, this is in 2009. Uh, this is the Unexplained Mystery Team, Investigation Team. They were shocked to capture spiritual shadows on film. What is a spiritual shadow? 
I don't know. Is it a saint? Is <laughs> it the shadow of a saint or maybe Buddha? Or I don't know. Yeah. A spiritual shadow. Look, it's their way of interpreting what they see. Well, at least they didn't say demonic. I suppose I can be happy for that. Yes. Um, yes. Hen's got a feisty pants on today. She has. And Ghost Adventures were there. You, you've and they got, got your feisty thong on, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's getting a bit irritating. I'm just going to pull it out with clacker. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's the use of the word clacker in the Australian <laughs> vocabulary. There you go. Um uh, ghost adventures were physically assaulted. Of course they were. <laughs> I think Zach nearly stepped backwards down and fell down a pit almost, and they grabbed him at the last minute. Just like that time he nearly got his head chopped off at the um, – uh, oh, that's one we should do for the uh, um, podcast as well in um, Jerome. We stayed at the Jerome Hotel. That's a great spot because um, I've been there and you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Just outside of Sedona. <clears throat> and taps were there and they caught absolutely phenomenal footage. And I did have a look at that. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and not interesting as in, you know, that's boring. Um now, I've just got to make sure that I've covered all my notes because there's pages and pages. There's also lots of personal experiences. But before I go to the personal experiences... Let me tell you what is now at Sloss Furnace. Mm -hmm. So from what I can work out, they've got the historical tours and they'll take you around and explain to you what everything was and um, that's that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And then there is a spooky attraction place. Mm -hmm. It's one one of those haunted houses, isn't it? Not quite, but um, they've been very creative. Uh, They do offer tours. Um, Let me read you some of the things that you can find at Sloss Furnace. Um, It's called Fright Furnace Tour at Sloss. Visitors on the Furnace Tour will begin their journey through a replica of Wormwood House. The childhood home of the sadistic foreman, Slag Wormwood. Oh, no. Explore the haunting relic with twisting passageways, secret passages. Oh, I do like a secret passage. Is there a priest toll? We all love secret passages. (laughs) And unlock the dark and disturbing memories that drove Slag to madness. If you survive the ghost of the past, prepare to explore new locations normally close to the public, including the terrifying boiler room, home to hundreds of of paranormal encounters make your way through our newly designed trail including the furnace catwalk underground tunnels and new dark passageways that forced your group to go single file leaving you completely exposed i suggest not wearing your thong down there no experience our all new 3d maze complete with killer clowns and spinning vortex oh no killer clowns oh no 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 spinning vortex there goes your vertigo Mm -hmm. that bring grown men to their knees weeping with fear how's this sounding scary it's scary encounter slag in his inferno running from deranged serial killers We've got now got deranged serial killers crawl through cockroaches. Oh, yay! Pay money for that and try to escape chainsaw wielding hillbillies. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nightmare. I know. Um, Plus, our Hollywood special effects team have loaded the trail with dozens of monsters, surprise effects and scenes throughout your tour, spending a budget of more than $300,000 to give you an experience that will have you running for the exits. Come see why Fright Furnace is one of the top fright attractions in the world and prepare yourself for the terror that is Slag's Revenge. Wow. Can I read you something that... Oh, please. Um... Uh, was written about Mr. Slag. Hang on. I mean, Mr. Mr. Can, Mr. I'm just hoping. Wormwood. I'm just hoping that you're not going to ruin anything for me because I've got a chronological sequence of events happening here. Okay. No. Wait. Can you wait to the end? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also on offer there. Should you get hungry mm-hmm. during your stay? No, thank you. There is the Roadkill Cafe. <laughs> says, make your last meal a good one. <laughs> um, <coughs> I love it. I love it. <coughs> um, 
watch the freaks while you're waiting, have your palm read, watch a vampire vixen swallow fire, experience an illusionist who plays with your head. That includes a head rub. I'm up for that. <laughs> I do like a head rub. Or check out our classic horror films being projected onto the 25-foot screen. So they, um, that they've got uh, food there like uh, hot dogs, hamburgers, pretzels, you know, you name it. Mm. And you can oh, good eat, substantial yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's all going to give you really good gas. Mm-hmm. And we'll be providing entertainment throughout the tour with her farts. Um, and you can get your psychic readings as well before you go to the furnace. Mm-hmm. Um, the Marathon of Horror. So they actually have some uh, movie nights there where they mm-hmm. show horror films. They've got the Stages of Death which is live shows uh, from Fire Eaters to Freak Shows. It's all happening at Sloss Furnace. It is. Bloody hell. I think we need to pick up our act here in Australia. They wouldn't allow half of that in Australia. <laughs> no, no. Um, and look, they've got all these personal experiences from the site as well. Is that a bruise? I'm not a believer in the paranormal. I did, however, attend the haunted walkthrough in October of last year. The walkthrough itself was fun. We went home afterwards. Nothing out of the ordinary, right? The day after, my husband told me there was a very dark coloured bruise on the back of my arm in the shape of fingerprints. I do not bruise easily. It wasn't there before the walkthrough. I'm still not convinced I had a ghostly encounter, but that's there's a small part of me that has wondered ever since if maybe it could have been. Am I crazy? I mean, if she if they've got actors jumping out and scaring oh, people, her yeah. husband's probably grabbed hold of her and gone. Whoa! Yeah. yeah. Um, look, there's the blowing room. <laughs> My paranormal group has been there and the blowing engine room is very haunted. A man was sucked under one of the wheels and was mangled to death. Hopefully it wasn't their investigators. (laughs) His energy is all over that room. (laughs) I'd say he's splattered everywhere. Oh, I shouldn't laugh. It's horrible. We got touched, pushed and even heard loud banging noises in the blowing room. (laughs) I need to stop reading about the blowing room. Okay, I'm just going to leave that section now because I've had enough. I can't. I can't read any more of that. Well, we, um, we apologise, people. Oh, Lord, profusely apologise. Someone, someone <sighs> lost his yeah, life. Yeah, um, terrible. Ghost Chasers was also there. Ghost Chasers International, and they picked up some startling EVPs. One that was a little girl's voice who said, "Hi, Daddy. Oh, Here's your lunch." Oh. Um. Uh, <clears throat> Oh, this is apparently another EVP. Patty was really confused. (laughs) No, I don't think it was. Patty was really confused, Chuck said, because she wondered why she was picking up on a child in an old factory. Uh, The group's tour guide from the museum cleared up that mystery. The workers had homes right on the Mm -hmm, property, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's where they were living, and Mm -hmm. there were 500 workers on a shift, and the children and their mothers would bring their lunches to them during their lunch and dinner break. That's why it's always good to have... um, the, the history. Yes. But imagine children being allowed to walk onto that site. <coughs> yes. That's just a horrible idea. Mm. Yep. But, all right, so I, I've, I've pulled together lots of stories for you, and I, I know that we can't go much longer. Um, can, can I just now give you a little bit of a reveal before you do your bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I sort of really need to know what your bit is so you don't ruin yeah. my bit. Oh, no, I'm just I'm, – I'm reading about what was said about um, Mr. Wormwood here, James Wormwood, yep. um, after his death. Yeah. And it kind of doesn't fit the same scenario that yeah. we're being told. Okay. So well, I just want to throw it in just – just as you're a, ruining my timeline. Okay, sorry. I have my reveal. Sorry. And you've just gone and 
No, no, no. All no, right, no. all right. It either I'm, could be true. I'm going to spit a dummy I don't here. Know. I don't know. All right. So there was this other lady who was on one of the tours, and let me find. Um, I've got some of my stuff here from Appalachian. So AppalachiaBear.com, and I'm trying to see where I got this one from. Um, uh, where she was on one of the 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 tours during the day, and she's gone. Oh, yeah, I want to hear all about Wormwood. Tell me about Wormwood. Um, and his story. And the guide apparently turned to her and said that a now defunct haunted house company started the rumour to drum up excitement for the haunted tour that they put on its loss every year. Yep. He was a created character. Yep. Yep. His character was created. He was a real person. He was a real person and I have the story of the real person. Yeah. So the real person that they then... Made it fit. Bastardise. Yeah. His name was Theophilus Calvin Jowers, and he was a white supervisor who left his father's plantation near Widowy after the Civil War to seek his fortune in the burgeoning iron industry in Jones Valley. So he married Sarah Latham, um, and he ended up working in the ironworks, very meagre living. Um, but he worked right alongside the black workers at the plant. He was just the, no discrimination from this guy, um, converting hardwood into charcoal and preparing the sand moulds. Um, and then he... Uh, in 1873, Theophilus and uh, Sarah left Irondale and moved to Oxmore and found work in the Eureka Mining and Transportation Company at the furnaces there. Um, in 87, he was offered a job as a foundryman at the Alice Furnace Number no. 1 in Birmingham. So by this stage, they had five children uh, and they moved to Bir- Birmingham uh, and... He set a record in the South for producing 150 pigs of iron in a single day. And I don't think that was done through um, meanness or, or beating people. It was more that um, he was doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was directing a, a work team that has assumed the task of replacing the old bell with a new one. Uh, Theophilus had, I'm just going to call him Theo, had planned to hoist the old bell and slowly lower it into the furnace to be melted down. He was holding the rope that was to release the bell. All at once he tripped, releasing his hold on the rope. The enormous bell plunged into the molten iron and Theo fell on top of it. Within seconds, the molten ore covered his body, reducing it to ashes almost instantly. His co-workers used a sheet of... um, Sorry, used a piece of sheet iron attached to a piece of gas pipe to retrieve his manes, which consisted only of his head, bowels, two hip bones, and some ash. Boy. Isn't that just horrendous? Sarah and her children devastated, obviously, and particularly an agonizing death, um, but was saved from financial ruin because the iron workers looked after their own. Yep. They pulled the money together and they built a new house for Sarah and the children because the company would have put them out. Mm-hmm, There's, mm-hmm. You know, you don't have the clackers anymore to pay for your rent. You can yes. go. Yep. Um, and Theo's reputation as a hard worker and loyal friend served his family in good stead for many years after his death. So that is the real story of a... Um, a really lovely man, mm-hmm. uh, and it does go on to talk about his son who apparently visited. Uh, the, they said that the Alice Number no. One first furnace was dismantled, and that the the ghost moved to Alice Number no. Two. Uh, the next two decades, the spectral shape of the former assistant foundryman appears in parts of the plant where no living human could have survived the heat and flames. Uh, and that apparently um, John Jowers, one of his sons, was one of the first to encounter the spirit. Right. Isn't that just, yeah. I, I find that really sad. Yeah. Especially when someone is a genuinely fabulous person. Yeah. Just doing. Why not tell that they, story? Yeah. Why not tell that story? Just because people want it to be scarier, they've got to make a monster out of someone. And this is it what, says a lot about humanity, doesn't it, it? It does. And this is what we face as paranormal investigators. And we 
we do not do the whole jump on the bandwagon of demons and making it as scary as possible. We don't do that. We keep it to the truth of the situation that's mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've got to compete against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why people will come on a tour and go, well, this is boring. There's yeah. no demons here. Well, no. I, I haven't been scratched yet. Yeah. Well, no, we're not going to make it up. Yeah. No, stuff you. Mm. We're not going to do that. We're not going to dehumanise someone who was probably a really good person in life and make them a monster because you want to be scared. Yeah. No, go and watch a movie. So this actually ended up being a really good story mm-hmm. to dig down. Yeah. Mind you, good on them for the creativity to be able to save Sloss Furnace and the history tours that are running and um, bringing in money and uh, the tourist attraction for mm-hmm. those people who are doing that as well. But I, I, I don't agree with um, bastardising and making up stories uh, and saying, oh, well, that's true. I, mm. I don't agree with that part. Yeah. And the thing is that you then have um, paranormal investigators coming <coughs> on site saying that they're, this is the person that they're, they're yeah. having an encounter with. Yeah. And this this burnt man that they're seeing, they're yeah. saying it's um, slag. Yeah. And it's not. It must be the Theo. Yeah. The Theo, Theophilus. I guess the only saving the grace here is that they've changed the name. Yeah. Yeah, but then they've changed the whole story yeah. and made him an evil bastard. Yeah. Anyway, yep. Yep. that does bring us to the end of this week's episode. If you love our work and you love what we do, please consider becoming a grand poo bar. We've got a few levels of poo bars now. You can be a super poo bar or the grandest of poo bars or just a plain old grand poo bar. We love you all. And we've even got some other little levels there on Patreon that you can support our work and show us that you love us. Um, We are going to be heading off next week into the UK on our big adventure. Now, before we do that, Renata. Yes. Is Sloss Furnace Haunted? I was just going to say that. Um, I think it is. I reckon there has been enough trauma there that there's an imprint. And I think it probably is all residual. Yep. Uh, I don't know about this Burt man, but uh, I'd go visit it. Yep, I would do an investigation in a heartbeat. Yep. Um, I'd I'd like to just spend time there and explore. And don't forget to leave us a review, guys, so you can enter into that composition, composition, competition, (laughs) to win a little bit of a prize pack uh, from the Frightfully Good duo here of Anne and Renata. Uh, If you like our merch, head over to FrightfullyGood.com. We've got stuff over there. We've got stuff happening everywhere. Yeah, we'll be stocking thongs soon. (laughs) (laughs) Can we have an Anne and Renata thong? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, please. As long as I don't have to model it. (laughs) Guys, that brings us to the end. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for being here. Share it around with your friends, your family, and all those you love and hate. And we'll see you on the dark side. And remember, stay spooky. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com. True Hauntings is a part of the Human Labs Podcast Network. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.